Let's go in-depth on Hawkeye Sports with the Des Moines Register. It's time for Hawk Central, powered by G-Mig's 5th Street Pub on 1460 KXNO. What's up, Hawk fans? Welcome to an exciting hour of Hawkeye Chatter here on 1460 KXNO. My friend from the Des Moines Register, Mark Emmert, joining us uh, on the phone right now. Mark, how are you, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you, Rob? I'm doing well. Before we get started, we're going to have uh, running backs coach Derek Foster on with us. But, Mark, I just wanted to take a second. That piece you wrote about Larry's funeral was... As usual, man, you're a fantastic writer. That was one of those real highlights of uh, of, of your ability. So congratulations and, and nice job putting uh, some words to, to one of our friends there. I appreciate that, Ross. Obviously, that was a tough day for a lot of us who knew Larry, but uh wanted to make sure we did him some justice there with that story, so I appreciate your work. I'd say you, you did that, sir. We are excited to chat with running backs coach Derek Foster on this evening's edition of Hawk Central. Coach, thanks for giving us time, man. How you doing? I'm doing great, man. You're yeah, pro- I appreciate you guys having me on today. Um, I'm definitely looking forward to it. And, uh, you know, everything's going very good in Iowa City. Yeah, Coach, I think what uh, uh, you've got to be used to this heat, man. You're an Alabama guy, right? So this heat, <laughs> this feels like home? It does, actually. I, I was just telling my wife and my mother-in-law that, you know, today we went outside, today it was a little, a little hot, not as humid as it is in the South. But, you know, I can get used to this a little bit. I like the sunshine. It's a beautiful weather here, you know, lately, so I, I like it. I, I'm able to go outside a little bit and enjoy it. I'm an outdoors person. And so, uh, you know, being in the sun is definitely uh, my app. Coach, we're gonna we're having a really hard time hearing you here. I'm not sure if you've got us on a cell phone or something, but can we? Can I Can I put you on hold here and we'll have uh, uh, Sean get a contact for you and we'll call you back because we're real, having a real tough time understanding you and we, we want to chat with you for, about some of your backs here. Yes. All right, I'll, I'll park you on hold just for a moment here, Sean, if you can get a different contact for Coach Foster. Uh, Mark, this is I, I think this is going to be the right guy to talk to right now. We might have as many yeah. questions about running backs as Hawkeye fans as we do any of these position groups. Right, which is interesting because there's not that many of them. So <laughs> you can ask one question about each running back and uh, only have three questions. But, uh, yeah, there's a lot of, lot of uh, uh, I guess, challenges there, a lot of opportunities there for some guys. I talked to Torin Young yesterday, uh, and uh, he's raring to go. So uh, we can certainly get uh, Derek Foster's thoughts on him. He's uh, very interesting. This kid is a sophomore. He's on the leadership group, the only sophomore on that group. I don't recall them doing that the last couple of years, having a sophomore in that leadership group, 12 guys. So right. he's uh, obviously made an impression on his coaches and teammates in a, in a hurry there, uh, Torin Young. So I uh, uh, definitely want to get uh, Derek Foster's thoughts on him, among others. Well, Coach, uh, I hope we got you back now. Let's let's start right there with Torin Young. He seems to be right now the – the, the the primary back here, your kind of number one option, are we safe in assuming that, first of all? Uh, I think with Torn, Torn's Torn definitely a leader. Um, he definitely stepped up. And um, are you? Oh, Coach, I think we're losing you again here. Sean, if you can try to get a different number for him and we'll just reconnect with uh, with Coach, we'll see if that works a little better. I know they were trying, Mark, I, when I was chatting with Al earlier, he was trying to make sure Coach got us on a landline because we've had this issue coming from Iowa City the last uh, last couple of weeks. What's really? going on with the phone companies over there? You sound great. I I, okay, because I'm in Iowa City. I mean, it's 140 degrees over here, so maybe that's part of the issue. But Phone lines are just melting together, I think, is what's, <laughs> is what's happening out there. All right, so, Mark, the other I, I told Chris this, that the primary things that we wanted to get from Coach Foster today and I think that most Hawkeye fans are curious about what sort of breakdown are you hoping for from those top two running backs? Because it does seem like a clear break with uh, 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 um, Torn Young and Ivory Kelly Martin. Then you drop down to that group of guys. And I think we're interested in how much of a drop off that is. And then what are the expectations for guys like 
Kaishan Bryan, maybe even Toksikin Rabade. What's what's his role going to be going forward? Right. Right, and, and the new guys, Henry Guile coming in, and Samson Evans. Uh, they, those guys can play up to four games without having the red shirt. So we see those guys. I, the thing I've been disappointed in, Mark, and maybe I'm just my expectations are out of whack here. When we've asked the coaches the last couple of weeks about the how they're how they are strategizing for this four game red shirt rule, I, I haven't I haven't felt like we've received an answer that really they've they've even talked about this or strategized for it. Yet. Is this just too early for me to expect that? Maybe so. I mean, okay. obviously, they haven't worked with those two freshmen yet uh, until August, so um, they probably want to tamp down those expectations. So, I would think that they've thought about it and talked about it, and maybe just aren't willing to go publicly and share with us what their thinking <laughs> uh, is. So, uh, which is understandable. So, uh, you got to be patient sometimes on radio, Ross. Yeah, that's I understand that. Coach Foster joins us <laughs> again here. Coach Foster, you back there? Yes. All right. Yeah, there we can hear you pretty good. There. All right. So let's let's get okay. back in. You're fine, Coach. Let's talk about uh, the guy that we, we first mentioned there, Torin Young. What's, what's his expected role here for the Hawkeyes' uh, offense? You know, I, I expect Torin to continue doing what he, he's doing. He's progressively uh, getting better daily. Uh, Torin's a leader, and uh, we actually just came out with our leadership council um, list, and Torin was actually one of, the, one of the few guys that was on that list who's a sophomore. You know, and I think guys, uh, they actually – they look upon Torn to actually um, help him out with anything that they can. He's a very open-hearted person. He's very kind and when it comes to off-the-field, things like that. But um, he's like a big brother. He's that big brother that you need along your side when you're coming to a program like Iowa. And I think some of the freshmen and the younger guys look up to him on that. Coach, we're going to try this one more time, okay? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a quick break. We'll try to figure things out with the phone line. It still sounds a little warbly on our end, and we want to get through a lot of stuff with you. So if we can, we're going to just take a, a quick timeout. We'll reconnect with you. Is that okay? Okay. Because I hear you guys. I hear fine. Yeah, it sounds like, Mark, are you hearing what I'm hearing? It kind of sounds like Coach is in a tunnel. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah so Coach, we'll just try to reconnect with you here during the break, Coach. We'll see what we can do here, all right? Okay. Greatly appreciate it. Coach Derek Foster working through some troubles with us here on uh, on some technical aspects. We will figure that out. We want to get through a bunch of stuff with Coach Derek Foster. Mark Emmert from the Des Moines Register is hanging out with us. We're here till 6.20 tonight. Cardinal Baseball uh, will take over at that time. But Mark and I have a bunch of stuff, not just with Coach Foster, but also some basketball updates that we want to get you through in the 6 o'clock hour. We'll do all that next here on Hawk Central on 1460 KXNO. Everything you need to know about the Hawkeyes, it's Hawk Central with the Des Moines Register, powered by G-Mig's Fifth Street Pub on 1460 KXNO. All right, off and running here as we wrap up our 5 o'clock hour. Still about 12 minutes, and again, we'll be on till around 6.15 tonight. Mark and I plan on tackling a lot of basketball issues in that 6 o'clock hour. Coach Foster, we've hooked up with him again. He sounds crystal clear now, right, Coach? Yes, sir. Oh, there it is. Perfect. All right. Maybe I figured this out. We're just going to have to take a few minutes here between uh, chatting with you and having Mark Emmert on. So I want to get our first question back out here, Coach, so we can get a really good answer about your expectations and maybe what Hawkeye fans' expectations should be from the guy that seems to be the feature running back going into the season, Torn Young. Um, Torn Torn has done an extremely great job of of working hard. Um, He's done an awesome job of just being a leader taking charge and ownership of his position. You know, Torrin does a really good job off the field as well. You know, he's, he's just a model citizen that you really look up to, what the guys look up to, and they, they try to exemplify themselves after. 
just the way he works in the in the weight room, the way he works off the field and in the classroom. He's a smart young man. He's tough, um, and he's very physical. So everything that we preach about Hawkeye football, he exemplifies that for us, um, and he's done an awesome job of just, you know, putting himself in front of everybody and making sure that he, he puts forth his best effort. And Ivory, Kelly Martin right now kind of thought of as that change of pace back. Is that First of all, is that fair? Yes, that's fair. Okay. That's, that's fair. What else is there to Ivory Kelly Martin besides being a, a, a change of pace? Um, coming out of spring, man, you know, Ivory had a really good spring. You know, he had some, some mishaps in there with maybe, you know, dropping a few passes here and there. But, you know, that that's going to happen. You know, if we target a guy every now and then, that's going to happen. But he's capitalized off of it. He 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 understands what he has to get better at, and he practices on his uh, his weaknesses, which I commend him for. So he's like a change of pace back, I would say. He has really good vision. Um, when you talk about change of direction, this young man is able to stick his toe in the ground and get north as quick as possible and get his shoulder squared to the line of scrimmage and make people miss him in tight little spaces. So you appreciate that about him. You know, he's, <laughs> the funny thing about Ivory is he doesn't talk very much, okay? <laughs> like, Torn is more vocal. Ivory's more quiet. But Ivory's actually coming around to um, help these younger guys out as well, though. But, you know, that's that's the difference between the two. But they be- they definitely complement each other, um, and I think uh, they'll do a good job going forward. Coach Derek Foster is the running backs coach for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Coach, do you see right now, and maybe this is a little too early to think about playing time, Ideally, is this a 50-50 split at the end of the year, or does one of these guys emerge as your primary back? Here's what I see. I see um, these guys being able to be able to be utilized in different situations of the game. So it's hard to say, hey, this guy will play more than this guy, or and this guy will start over this guy. I think come fall camp, we definitely got an opportunity to see exactly who's going to take charge in that um, that role. And I think when it comes to certain situations, you have to utilize to your strength of which back is best for which play. You know, so that comes with planning and practicing and seeing what play fits who. You know, some guys run plays better than other guys. Some guys are good at outside zone run. Some guys are good at inside zone run. Some guys are one cut getting north guys. Some guys have a little bit more wiggle than the other. So with these two right here, it's just going to be a competitive um, battle. Um, between the months two, but at the end of the day, I think they both can be able to help us. So I would say, you know, you can say 50-50, depending on the situation in the game, but they definitely going to um, add some value. Mark, I'd like to bring you back in. I know you had some questions about uh, Coach Foster's recruiting efforts down south and, and some of the other guys on the step chart, so I'll step out here for a second. Yeah, I guess uh, for, we know you're recruiting your home states pretty heavily, uh, Alabama, uh, Georgia. Mm-hmm. Um is it, is it realistic that you can go head to head with the with the big SEC schools down there, or what's it going to take for Iowa to kind of make the inroads in the South? In your opinion, I'm sorry. Can you repeat that? Yeah, he's asking again. Now we've got him on that line, Derek. That's a little off. We're going to have to do some uh, maintenance on that uh, overnight here. But basically, he's asking about your recruiting efforts down south. Uh, you, it seems like you've made an effort to try to get down into Alabama. And Georgia, you're obviously the lead guy on that. His question was, how do you go about selling the Hawkeyes to kids in, in, in the South, in Alabama, Auburn, or Georgia, where the Tiger Hawk doesn't carry the weight it does in the Midwest? Um, the, the biggest challenge is, is challenging guys to step outside their comfort zone. You know, I was born and raised in Alabama, and I'm from South Alabama, a small town. And so one thing that I had to do to put myself, and I played, I played Division II football in Missouri. And, and now that's a long way from Goshen, Alabama. 
So what I had to do and I had to come to realization is I got to step outside my comfort zone to put myself in a better position um, for my education purposes all right, and my future purposes. So I challenge these guys to kind of step outside of their box and kind of go outside and explore the opportunities besides just what they grow up around. You know, sometimes when we're, we're around something so long, uh, we get accustomed and comfortable to that environment. And, and the truth of the matter is, is everyone – Every one of those prospects that are coming out of high school are not going to play in the SEC, you know, and, and all of them coming out of high school are not going to play in the Big Ten. Some of them are not going to play at Division One levels. Some play at different levels from Division Two all the way to Division Three football. So my sell and my pitch to them or whatever and, and the relationship I, I have with these guys is that, hey, try something different or, or explore something different that you may not know much about and look into it a little bit more just to see if you like it or not. And once – and so we've had some, some guys from the South come up to Iowa City, which has been tremendously, um, you know, big for us to get these guys on campus. And the, the reaction from these young men and their parents is like, oh, wow, I, I did not know it was like this. And so, and so one thing I tell them, I said, well, listen, you know, don't try to focus on what your perception is of this place until you can put your eyes on it and experience it for yourself. You never know things just in life in general until you experience them yourself. Anyone else can give you and tell you exactly how something may be for them. But when you experience something for yourself and, and you're able to go through the process yourself, then you're able to give a realization and say, okay, all right, I, I've done my due diligence. I've done my homework, and this is what I feel, and this is how I feel about it. So that's that's been my, my whole thing with um, recruiting the South. And it's, it's been it's going well. And I think we've getting some positive feedbacks. I think the coaches down there are um, are definitely looking forward to developing relationships with us and trying to start that small pipeline. Yeah, this is exactly where I want to take, Coach, because you kind of mentioned that you're looking at those guys that maybe were overlooked by their SEC schools. There's obviously a ton of talent down there, but is that just kind of the game plan to build that pipeline, is to look for those guys that maybe fell through the cracks of the Alabamas and Auburns? Well, here's what I say. Here at the University of Iowa, we understand who we are, okay? And we understand what butters our bread in our home base area. So it's starting a small pipeline would be, the, I guess, the word that we would use, uh, whether they did fall through the cracks versus, uh, from Auburn or Alabama or whoever it is. We're just trying to find the, the ideal pick for us. You know, a young man that fits Iowa football, no matter where he's from, what state, what hometown, how many stars, who's recruiting him, you know, we don't get into all that. You know, we're looking for a, a football player who wants to come to Iowa and be physical, tough, and they're smart people. Um, and that we feel like, man, we can help them and they can help us on and off the field. It kind of goes both ways. So I don't, I don't necessarily think it's uh, if they fall through the cracks from Alabama, they fall through the cracks from Auburn, or if you know, can we compete with this? It's not about. It's about finding and identifying talent that hmm. can um, identify with the Hawkeye way. Let's talk about some of that talent and how they're fitting into the Hawkeye way. We've only got a few minutes left here, Coach. So, uh, sure. as quick answers, give me the best thing you've got. Like Kaishon Bryan, that's a guy we haven't seen play. What do Hawkeye fans need to know to appreciate his game? Uh, Kaishon has to. Um, he's a good kid off the field, that no question about it. But the things he has to work on is just being consistent. But this young man ha- has a future. If he continues to improve daily, and that's what I've been telling these young men every day, one thing I stress to him is he has to be able to stack days on top of days consistently in in doing the simple daily disciplines um, throughout this process. 
couple of true freshmen, Henry Guile and Samson Evans. How, how are you guys already strategizing for this new redshirt rule? Figuring out where these guys might be able to sit, fit in their four games and still keep that redshirt. Man, I, I'm excited about the rule because I think it it, it can help you in so many different ways. Uh, when, when you talk about injuries, knock on wood that nothing happens to when I start guys um, that that maybe one of these guys are able to step in a role and and maybe if you're in a you're in a game where you know you may be up a few points and and you can get those guys some game time experience, you kind of sprinkle them in in that way. And then maybe some guys develop, you know, a little later than others. You know, say let's take Henry. Henry is not developing as fast as we thought, maybe, okay? But you come towards the um, the end of the season and you get to the point where you're like, okay, I mean, this guy's made some, some steps forward. Let's try to get him a couple reps. And yeah. you you may be at that last game of the season or you may be in a bowl game. Just wherever you are, you say, hey, let's, let's get him in there without burning his red shirt. So I think it has its advantages. And finally, Tokes Akin Rabadi. Where are we with with Tokes? What's uh, is his is his Hawkeye career officially over? Um, I, I can't come in on okay. that. Uh, okay, th- that's something that I leave to uh, Coach Ferentz. Um, I, I've had some interactions with the kids as far as just speaking to him and seeing him around the facility or whatnot. I know he's he's consistently coming over to uh, meet with our you know his his rehab and and training facility. So so, but I I can't speak farther than that on Tokes. Okay, Coach, thanks so much for giving us time. Mark, did you have anything else you wanted to try to, 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 to reach out to Coach Foster with? No, I think that was good. Thanks, guys. Yeah, sorry, Mark, you were kind of a passenger on that uh, that flight there, but I appreciate you. And, Coach, thanks so much for your patience and working uh, working with us through some troubles there. No problem, guys. I appreciate you guys having me on. Absolutely. We'll talk to you soon. That is Coach Derek Foster, running backs coach for the Iowa Hawkeyes. Mark Emmert now back on the good phone line so we can actually hear what he has to add to the conversation. Mark, that was fun. Derek's a a good guy to talk to. Yeah, very very outgoing. I thought he had a lot of good insight there. What do you think? What do you like best? Uh, you know, I I like the fact that he's already considering, and and he seems more excited than those other coaches that we've talked to about that <laughs> uh, that four game rule. It seems like he's at least uh, sees the huge benefit of that, especially at his position with two young guys like Guile and Evans. That you, they can really see what those kids have to offer. I think he lays out a wonderful scenario there, and I know it's just a hypothetical of Henry just maybe not living up to what they were hoping right now. By the time November comes around, that's a lot of time for a, a young man to to improve. So I like this a lot. When we get back, we will recap that interview with uh, Coach Derek Foster, see what Mark Emmert had to think about it. When uh, we come back in 15 minutes before the Cardinals take over, we're also going to throw in quite a few basketball updates, not necessarily great ones for Hawkeye basketball fans. Probably start with the DJ Carton news next on Hawk Central, 1460 KXNO. Everything you need to know about the Hawkeyes, it's Hawk Central with the Des Moines Register, powered by G-Migs 5th Street Pub on 1460 KXNO. Big thanks to G-Migs down in Valley Junction for sponsoring not only Hawk Central, but Cyclone Insider. We love George. Can't wait to get back down there on Monday nights. I'm sure we'll uh, we'll be bringing you all of our great Monday night uh, action when we get into basketball and football season. That'll be brought to you, hopefully, by G-Migs again. Mark Emmert hanging out with me for the next 15 minutes or so. Mark, fun stuff from uh, from Coach there. There were a few other things of football notes I feel like we should probably mention before we talk about the basketball news. Primarily, the news that came out really last week, we got some indication that Manny Ragumba might be planning to transfer. That is official. Manny Ragumba will leave the team. How how big of a shock was this on the 4th when you kind of started to put the pieces together, Mark? 
it was a little bit of a surprise. Uh, obviously, he's a guy that uh, that had a bumpy sophomore year. There's no other way to put it. Um, he was uh, outstanding at times as a freshman. We all remember that uh, Michigan game that he had. Yeah. And he seemed to be like the number one guy coming into last year. Of course, Josh Jackson ended up being by far their, their top cornerback. But uh, started eight games, You know, had, had had suspension uh, early in the year, was dealing with some injuries, just never quite got uh, his footing, got benched in the Purdue game, and then uh, lost his starting job. So apparently at some point uh, over the spring and summer, decided that uh, maybe he'd be better off trying his hand somewhere else. Um, so, I, I mean, that was obviously a, little bit, it was a surprise to his own teammates. I talked to uh, Jake Gervas and Amani Hooker yesterday, and they both said they didn't see it coming. And I think uh, Amani and uh, and Manny were pretty tight, actually. So, uh, mm. you know, they're obviously happy for him, wanted him to find the best fit. Right, you know, like most people should be. Right. right. The Hawkeye yeah, exactly. fan in me, Mark, I did, and you mentioned Josh Jackson. I kind of saw Manny in that same spot that Josh was in last year. Right. He had a great yeah. freshman year, and he was coming into this season as – the kind of that third guy, really. I mean, a year ago, Josh Jackson, we weren't sure he was going to be starting, and he jumped out to obviously be the superstar of that defense, and I thought Rugumba was maybe the guy to follow that path again this season. So that it I, sure seemed like it, yeah. Yeah, I was at a 4th of July party, and a guy came up to me and said, hey, what do you think about Rugumba transferring? It, it, kind of for a second, I was like, no, no, not Manny. <laughs> anyway, he's he will be gone. Now, some updates. You had a chance to sit down. You mentioned with Amani Hooker and Jake Travas. Nick Easley was a guy that uh, that you were able to chat with also, right? Amani Jones, Torin Young. What did you pick up yeah. from these guys? Well, Easley uh, really focusing really hard on, on being the leader of the wide receivers, obviously, as you would expect. I mean, he's the only senior there. I mean, just think about his last 12 months. I mean, he came to Iowa, I mean, last spring as a walk-on, transfer from a community college, um, just really didn't have a role at all, was very, very quiet. And really impressed the coaches right away. I think in the spring they kept talking about him, and uh, eventually he became the leading receiver on that team last year. And now he comes back. He's really the only experienced receiver they have. I mean, uh, you know, Smith Marset I think had 18 catches last year, but he's still trying to find his way. So Easley is trying really hard to kind of bring everybody along. He wants to make sure the wide receivers have a better year this year than they did last year, obviously. Yeah. And I'm sure every fan shares that sentiment. <laughs> right. Um, but uh, but just uh, it was just kind of impressed with the way he's kind of approaching things. Is like he really takes ownership of that whole room like uh whatever success they have or what don't have is going to be on his shoulders this year so i think that's kind of the way he has to look at that uh anything interesting with amani jones yeah he's a very engaging guy very passionate very animated uh he's a guy that there's no bs i mean he doesn't uh, tell you what, what you you know he thinks you want to hear he tells you exactly what he's thinking and he's very open about some of the struggles that he's had uh picking up the defense now now as being the new middle linebacker but he's also quite proud of the strides that he's made uh, says he's got a lot fewer weaknesses now than he did, you know, maybe three, four months ago. And it's starting to feel a little bit more at home on, on that uh, middle of that defense. But I think the thing that's kind of struck out is he kept talking about how he, you know, he's not trying to be the next Josie Jewell. I don't think he thinks he can be the next Josie Jewell. I think it's pretty obvious that hardly anybody's going to be the next Josie Jewell. I mean, it might be a long time before we see another Josie Jewell. So he's more focused on not trying to be the guy, but trying to make sure that the unit as a whole can function. And so he was pretty open about the fact that early on there was a little bit of friction with him and. And Christian Welch, when they, you know, they switched positions there in the spring and, and, and Welch went to the, uh, weak side spot and Amani took over the middle linebacker spot and he said Welch was still trying to be the middle linebacker and they had to kind of straighten that stuff out and make sure that everybody knew who was actually the guy uh, making the calls there, which is, which is Amani Jones. He thinks they've got that straightened out now and he's pretty excited about the season. So really, really interesting guy to talk to. I have a story that's up on Hawk Central right now. I think it went up about two hours ago. So if people want to check that out, uh, Amani Jones, I think is a guy that, uh, they're really going to like.
How about Torin Young? You also spent some time with him. I know we chatted with the yeah. coach for a minute about Torin there and his expectations. What about Torin yeah, himself? Yeah. I think he's carrying the same expectations. I'll tell you what, I got a story that I think will be in the Sunday paper about Torin. But he, uh, like we mentioned earlier, he's, he's the only sophomore in that leadership group. And it's a group of 12, so that's a pretty small group this year. And uh, really carries himself that way. Really like, like he's a veteran. It's hard to believe he's only a sophomore. He's only been it's only his third year, but... Uh, you know, he's still, he's still built well. He's built at 220, 225 pounds. He thinks he can absorb a, a, a big pounding this year. That's what he's done all, all his career. So he, he hopes he can be the feature back, the every-down guy. Uh, obviously, uh, the coaches will decide that ultimately, but he's, he thinks he's ready to do that. And uh, the thing that I thought was interesting about him was I didn't know this until I talked to him, uh, kind of just the two of us chatting afterwards, is that you remember Ron Dane, the Heisen Trophy winner? Absolutely. Wisconsin Badger. Yeah. yeah. He actually, we were talking about running styles, and I mentioned Ron Dane, and he said, oh, it's funny, I actually grew up in the same neighborhood as him, and I'm best friends with his two children. Uh, <laughs> so he grew up hanging out with the Dane. Wait uh, wait a minute. So, uh, Ron Dane's kids or the... Same age as Lauren Young. If he's got a son and a daughter. and Mark, how old, a, how old are we? Wait. I know. I know. <laughs> well, I didn't want to mention that, but that's kind of like where I went to first. It was like, thanks a lot, kid. But... Uh, I didn't even know Ron Dane was still in Madison. I thought he went back to New Jersey, so it shows what I know. But uh, I just thought that was kind of funny because obviously no one's going to compare this kid to Ron Dane. Yeah. But in terms of running style, I mean, he is he, he is very blunt about this. He's a, he's a bowling ball. He wants to run people over. He's not trying to, you know, elude anybody or speed around them. He'd rather just run them over and, and you know, make them absorb the punishment. Hey, Hawkeye fans, uh, Hawkeye fans can appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Mark, 12 days now from healthy, yeah. 12 days now from Big Ten Media Days. Do we know what which Hawkeyes are headed over there? You know what? We remember we talked about that two weeks ago. Yeah, uh, we speculated uh, uh, Hesse, Stanley. We're trying to think of the third guy. I think I know the third guy. Hesse and Stanley are the two, and I think it's Matt Nelson. I'm not sure if we mentioned him. Ooh, no, senior. He was not a guy that we talked about. The uh, the budding doctor uh, going to medical school here, so he'll, he's a very good interview. Yeah. That's a good choice. Smart guy. We'll have uh, I think two defensive linemen and a quarterback over there. All right, we got about eight minutes here. I want to roll through some of these basketball topics. I, we obviously should start with the fact that Bettendorf's five-star point guard, DJ Carton, released his final three schools, does not put the Iowa Hawkeyes in there. I, I was not surprised by this, Mark. We've had a lot of conversations no. with Matt Bain over the past couple years exactly. following DJ's recruitment very closely, and Matt's been telling us from the word go that the Hawkeyes were probably that fourth or fifth school on the outside looking in. Yeah, I thought the same thing. It's really interesting to see that kind of the. It felt like there's a bit of an outcry among Hawkeye fans when he when he was not in the final three. Uh, when Iowa was not in the final three, I should say, and like this is somehow unexpected. But uh, I mean, yeah, I think that was kind of the, the thought all along that they were they had they had a bit of a long shot. Obviously, didn't get there. I mean, I'm sure it hurts the Hawkeye fans. The other three schools are all Big Ten schools, uh, so they they might be seeing this guy quite a bit now in the future, and, and if he's as good as they say, obviously they're going to see him in a in probably a negative way. Yeah. He's probably going to be hurting their team, but uh, but no, I don't think it's a, I mean, it wasn't a big surprise. I mean, obviously it would have been a great get for Iowa. I mean, it's a position of extreme need, and he's maybe the best in the country in that class from what I'm hearing, so um, I can see the, why the disappointment was there, but I'm just not sure why people kind of reacted the way they did. I don't think anybody really, really seriously thought he was going to come to Iowa. Yeah, anybody that was following it really closely, like Matt, like you, right. they understood, and I did see him respond to one or two tweets basically saying listen I've, i moved yep. to iowa three years ago i exactly. you know i i love iowa and i like the hawkeyes but these other schools were just better fits for me and my family i thought that's that's a yep. good way for a young man to respond to that criticism 
Yeah, exactly. Because first of all, you shouldn't be taking the criticism. Right. Exactly. Of anybody else's where this kid goes to college, it's not affecting you personally. You've got an article so, uh, coming up this weekend about uh, you. You sat down with Cordell Pemsel too. What What should we know about this, Mark? Well, um, I wrote a little bit about this last week when I talked to Fran McCaffrey too. But he, he, remember last year he lost like eighteen pounds like before the season began and slimmed down from two fifty two to two thirty four. I think it was. Well, now he's lost another five. He's at two twenty nine. Really, really has kind of reshaped his body. I was talking to him uh, uh, yesterday, actually, and he's, you know, I wouldn't say he's skinny, but I mean, at six, seven, six, eight, two twenty nine, he looks. He's starting to get down there more than that Nicholas Bear kind of look <laughs> in terms of the, yeah. you know, the slenderness of his body, and uh, and I think part of that is why he said he wants to be a better defender on the perimeter if, if called upon. I think he wants to make himself more valuable and more versatile, so that he could go out and guard the threes. The opposing team, maybe a little bit more what Ahmad Wagner was asked to do at times last year, and uh, he is working on his shot too. He wants to actually, you know, I mean, I think every Hawkeye fan has said this for two years that, uh, that he could use a little range, and uh, he's trying to get out to the 15 to 18 foot spot to be a little bit more versatile offensively as well. And he told me that he was able to do that in high school. He felt like he actually had a good outside shot in high school. It just he got to college and he was he was pretty effective inside, and he missed his first couple jump shots, and he just kind of lost his confidence in his in his jump shot. I never really, I mean, we've never seen him really try any. I mean, if you think about of all the games the last two years, when have you ever seen Cordell Pemsel actually take a jump shot? Yeah, so yeah, shoot outside the paint. The results of that, yeah, yeah. So he he talked about that. He wants to he wants to make himself, I think, more of an option when when Brad McCaffrey has to go to the bench and decide if he needs somebody to play the three or the four, and still the five. He thinks he can still play the five in a small lineup. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, he talked a little bit again about uh, this. You know, remember last spring he talked a little bit about possibly transferring, and uh, I asked him again about that, and he said, you know. After the season we had, it was natural to think about that kind of stuff because he was very, very disappointed in last season, both for the team and for himself. But he's fully committed now. He thinks he made the right decision to come back, and so that's all in the past. Good to hear. I did like in your article where where you talked to Fran about each one of the guys. Fran mentioned uh, Cordell's stamina, something I'd never really mm-hmm. questioned before, but the fact that the coach is talking about that, um, I, I like to hear that. That means that he's Im- he's impressing the right people with uh, with effort. It would seem like the other guy I, I saw in your kind of player breakdown as you talked to Fran that interested me. Uh, Ryan Creener bulking up. Yeah, yeah, he's going the opposite direction. I even joked with uh, Cordell about that. Is he, is he gaining the weight that you're losing because uh, he's up to 260 now, which I think makes him the the heaviest uh, Hawkeye. And uh, of course, he's six nine. With you know, he's got those really long arms, and uh, apparently, hasn't really sacrificed. Uh, any athleticism. I mean, he's still a pretty good leaper. He always was. He was a high jumper in high school. And uh, he's, I think, trying to become more of that inside guy, especially defensively around the basket. I mean, they really don't have a shot blocker. They haven't for a while. Yeah. Um, and so maybe that's something, a role he can pick up on while still being, you know, he's he's always had a pretty good outside shot. We haven't seen a lot of it. But uh, but he is trying to be, I think, more of the, the true five, the backup to Garza. And, uh, and that's, uh, I think, something they definitely need. One of the things that I jumped out to me in your article, Mark, in the very first guy you talked about was senior Nicholas Bear. And again, something I hadn't noticed for the last couple of years, but it's very obvious as soon as Fran says it. They're, they're noticing that Nicholas Bear is starting to become a little bit more of a scorer, and that's really what's been missing from his game, from for, especially last year when you look back two years ago when yeah. he hit 53s. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's interesting because if you look at his numbers, he hit exactly half as many threes as a junior as he did as a sophomore. I think it was 46 as a sophomore, 23 last year. Really never got on track. I know he missed those six games with a finger, but I don't think that entirely explains it. I think his confidence might have somehow deserted him because uh, he just was not a comfortable shooter at any point last year that I can remember. I mean, I think he might have gotten double figures maybe three times, 
um, which considering how many minutes he played was probably not not enough. And so Fran is very hopeful that he can get back. Uh, McCaffrey is very hopeful that he can get back to that role that he had two years ago, where he not only did he get threes, but he gets them at big moments. And uh, and you know, he's always going to be a hustler, but uh, if he can you know provide that help stretch the floor. Yeah. Think about last year; they really only had two guys hitting threes. You know, Moss and Bohannon. Uh, everybody else was just kind of a, you know here and there. They might they might one game they might get one, maybe two, but it was really nobody else that they could rely on to stretch the floor. And they they need that desperately because they've got so many post players. Hawkeye fans, I would encourage you to get to hawkcentral.com. Look at this article that Mark wrote. Fran goes through each one of the 12 guys and gives a pretty good breakdown. And if you're wondering about them kind of stretching that court, especially that backcourt, make sure you get down to the bottom. C.J. Frederick's a kid that I, I think our expectations are in the right spot for him, Mark. Yeah, interesting. Yeah, very interesting. I A lot of Hawkeye fans are not talking about him. He's a kid that can make an impact in a desperate need uh, a desperate area of need. Mark, thanks a lot for a, a fun, weird Hawk Central. I appreciate you hanging <laughs> on, man. Thanks thanks for hanging in there with me, buddy. You bet. Mark Emmer will be back with me next week. Chad Leist will be back in the saddle for Hawk Central.